You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Union Podcast. We are so thankful you took the time to tune in with us tonight. Uh, Bonnie and I are sitting down and uh, we're talking about something awesome tonight. We're talking about marriage. I don't know. I say tonight, but I don't know if it's tonight when you're listening to this. Right. But it's going to be great. We're talking about marriage in the early years of marriage and sometimes some of the struggles that present themselves in the early years of marriage. And even if you are single, and uh, you are hoping and praying for that special uh, teammate, that life partner to present themselves, to come out of hiding and uh, step into your life. I believe this is going to be helpful and this is going to be uh, encouraging and equipping and uh, all those good things in your life. So, And when you say that, you know, the early challenges of, of marriages, it's like this is what we faced. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's pretty much us just telling our story tonight and uh, hopefully you can learn what not to do. And, uh, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so we're doing. so glad that you are listening. And as always, whenever you, um, you know, give us a rating or a review on our Apple or Spotify or Google play, that makes it easier for other people to find us. And so we super like, honestly, we really appreciate that every yes. And even every comment, every share, every tag, all the ways, all the ways that you engage with us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook means the world to us. It Honestly, it really you guys does. Are awesome. Cause we're, our goal is to bring hope and truth to people all over the world. Yeah. You know, and I know that there's people who are longing for content like this. Yeah. Just like, could someone please talk to me about marriage? Could someone yeah. please talk about the things that normally don't get talked about? Yeah. You know? And I think with marriage too, and with just like you get in some really intense uh, times in your life, you get like right in the middle of like a hard season or something like that. You're like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? You totally forget all the times that somebody did talk to you about this. Absolutely. So even if this is just a refresher for you, uh, tonight, I uh, think it's going to be good. Absolutely. Yeah. So as always, mm-hmm. we want to start off with a random question. Yep. Um, I have one ready already. Oh, man. That's so good. Because when I was doing s- dishes earlier, so I thought random. of one. Yeah. There we go. Nice. <laughs> a question for you, Bri. Uh, in keeping with the like marriage theme, what is a memory from our wedding day of like, the ceremony <laughs> that... <laughs> From our wedding day? Okay. What's a memory that you enjoy or like that you that comes to mind? Oh, well, sex is pretty awesome. Okay, but I, I said day. <laughs> oh, day. Oh, day. Okay. Um, I wondered if you'd go there. Oh, well, why Why wouldn't I go there? Um, yeah, so sorry if you're driving with your kids listening to this and we just started a whole new conversation that you probably weren't ready to have. Um, uh, I have what, a feeling parents aren't sign, aren't logging into our podcast unaware yeah no i guess that's true yeah um man from the wedding day i just remember how beautifully clear it was um it uh because we we got married in november uh november 10th to be exact remembrance day weekend um and um yeah i just remember how how beautiful it was it was a bright clear like kind of bluebird sky day and that was that was amazing i just remember how beautiful you were though too and how like how the sun would just glisten off of your skin and 
and I was I was almost blinded by your beauty and your <laughs> yes. How, how's how's this working? Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> excellent. And you're right; the weather was beautiful that it day. Was, yeah. The next day there was like a crazy storm, but we got it's true. But we were in Hawaii. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know what we had. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's kind of wasted on us. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Okay, yeah. your turn. Question for me. Oh gosh, uh, man. Um, if you could, oh man, I see. This is why I got to be better prepared. The random <laughs> question. I'm trying to keep it too random. Um. Okay, so if you, oh wow, this is really hard. Can I just ask ask you the same question, or no. I feel like that's too late now. I can't do that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Can we do like like a would you rather? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have arm hair that like grows ridiculously fast and like it's like you Bushy. shame it. Yeah. You shave it one day. Shame it. Shave it one day. <laughs> would shame it. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, it's back. Ugh. Or um, would you. Would, so would you rather have arm hair that grows back by the end of the day or would you have would you rather have to repeat every sentence that was said to you? Like you'd it's speak like, and I'd have to repeat it. Yeah, in exactly. Order to comprehend. Like it was just like a a nervous thing that you you would do. So, so like, it was like a nervous thing that exactly. I would do. Yeah. I gotta say, arm hair. Arm hair. Because <laughs> oh, the gosh. repeating of sentences I could imagine would really jeopardize relationships. Whereas yeah. I would trust the people in my life to love me beyond my arm hair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. It would probably jeopardize relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the? Are, you're not saying the arm hair. You're saying the. Uh, oh. Uh, like you, <laughs> yeah. No, you, I'm talking about the repeating, babe. Of yeah, course. Yeah, totally. Of course, I'm talking about repeating. It's great. I, I wouldn't braid my arm hair or anything. I would keep it under control. All it would right, just be a part of the routine. Okay. The sex talk was one thing, but now this move is totally on. Move on. Hand. Anyway, so we are super pumped tonight to talk about the early years of marriage, and um, one of the things that just was just so helpful for Bonnie and I. Um, really in kind of like our pre-marriage stage and process and journey. Um, but was this this reality that marriage is not just like a contract agreement, that it's not just yeah. based on, hey, like Bonnie's going to follow through with what she's agreed to as long as I do what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But um, marriage is actually this beautiful thing that's actually given the term covenant. And as we started to look into the Bible and started to look into the scriptures, of like, what, is it, what does it teach about covenant and what does it teach about uh how this this plays into marriage we just discovered this this beautiful reality that that covenant is actually saying that i'm gonna do what i said i'm gonna do whether you do what you said you're gonna do or not right and it's just like this is just such a game changer uh for us and like babe maybe you remember that um uh the quote by Oh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, yes. Yeah, yeah. The concept of covenant, I would, I hope that every couple, honestly, could have the exposure to the teaching we did mm-hmm. uh, about it. It was the teaching we heard about was about the covenant love of God towards us, but it was such a impacting. Uh, it taught us so much for us in the way we see covenant with each other. Totally. So then we came across this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is a German pastor theologian who got himself in trouble during World War II. You can he's a fast, fascinating story about about the guy, but he wrote a 
from prison because he was involved in uh, a coup attempt on Hitler. Anyway, yeah. so he's in prison, but he's writing a letter to be read out at his friend's wedding. Um, and he just says, from now on, it is no longer your love that will sustain your marriage, but rather it's your marriage that will sustain your love. Yeah. So it's this concept of like the locking in, mm -hmm. uh, which could for some people, especially the young generation I know with a fear of commitment, that can sound scary, but that commitment, that level of that level of faithfulness actually gives you so much security mm -hmm. in order to be real in marriage. Yeah. And so um, I think, especially in our early years, you know, we'd uh, still, you know, but especially in the early years, it, there can be a lot of intimidation around the new levels of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. uh, and so knowing that covenant isn't just like an easily walk thing to walk away from. No, that really gave, uh, I know it gave me a lot of comfort to kind of rely, okay, this is what we committed ourselves to. So Yeah, totally. And the one big principle about covenant is that uh, covenant's not just a marriage principle, but back in the old days, you know, um, the historical times, covenants were made between tribes, totally between kings, between uh, like if you were entering into business with people. And it was this way of saying like, the things I'm really good at, the things I'm really strong at, I'm going to offer them to you to cover the areas that you might be weak in mm -hmm. and vice versa. So your strengths cover my weaknesses. My strengths cover your weaknesses. And I love that concept because it is such a, a picture of teamwork. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like there is one practice within the, the making the covenants. It's like, I'm sorry for all you vegetarians and animal lovers out there but a lot of times like if it was between a tribe or just a, a people group or whatever yeah. there was a a killing of an animal a, a slaughtering of an animal and kind of split into two sides to two halves i know wow we're just getting right into it tonight yeah um but and and you would especially within marriage i guess the the husband and the bride would walk between uh the two halves of this animal and it's kind of saying that uh, let it, and I think one statement, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was in Hebrew, but, um, the one statement was, let me be just like these animals if I break this covenant. So there was actually such a severity and such a soberness to this commitment that it wasn't something lightly, yeah. uh, taken, but like it was, it was a deep, um, yeah, a deep connection and a deep, uh, level of follow through, um, to this that like yeah. really I'm gonna I'm gonna stand and protect you and I'm gonna use my strengths to cover your weaknesses as you cover my weaknesses with your strengths and if I don't let me be like these animals so it was like it was like no joke you know yeah, I mean? it's totally. pretty pretty serious so totally and I think I, there's actually a lot of elements to the covenant ceremony that would happen I guess again in old ancient times but another thing is that they would actually um, make a mark on their mm -hmm. body that made an indication that they belong to someone else. And that's where the wedding ring. Uh, exactly. That's where that's rooted in is a sense of it's not it wasn't something they could slip off their finger if they wanted to pretend, you know, yeah. or hide something or they wanted to just, you know, go out with coworkers after work and totally pretend, pretend like you're single, pretend to be something that you're not. It was actually a scar, a scar on their body that would be evidence of their covenant. So, yeah. um, covenant marks you and sure does. Yeah. <laughs>
We just got right into it real heavy, real fast. Big surprise on the podcast. Totally. We've jumped right into animal sacrifices first thing. Yeah. But um, we just thought that that'd be really important to lay the groundwork there that like within. So like, you know, if you are a newly married person or you would like to be married one day totally. and you're going to hit this place where it's just like, wait a second, like, um, man, like our lives are it's it's not like it was when I was single. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're in close proximity with another person. They have completely different ways of doing things than, yeah. than I do. And. And it's so funny that like I never saw that this person did that when we were <laughs> when we were dating and now they seem to do it a lot. Like, oh, my gosh, like um, what's going on here? And so, like, I think that's where it's just important that you do have the covenant to fall back on. You know mm. what I mean? That we're going to work through things and we're going to and hopefully tonight like we're going to lay out some practical things to help with with working through challenges and working through. Uh, even upbringing and stuff like that and just family of origin experiences and mm-hmm. um but it's it's important for you to know that like that this commitment that you've made to one another is is weighty um in it in its severity but it's also weighty in the fact that it's able to hold um the two of you yeah and um and you're able to lean into that covenant and just like Dietrich Bonhoeffer it says like it's no longer your love that fuels your marriage but it's this marriage covenant that now is fueling your love, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, And we should even maybe clarify for those who wonder like, okay, Brian and Bonnie, you claim to be Christians. Would you think that a woman needs to stay in an abusive situation? What do you think when there's, you know, unfaithfulness? We just want to make it clear that that's not what we're talking about. Like we're talking here about two people who are flawed and just human and, you know, bumping into each other. We're We're talking about like somebody who maybe keeps forgetting to take the garbage out or can't like keeps forgetting to pick up their socks or doesn't make the bed or makes the bed in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course we would never suggest that Mm -hmm. anybody in any relationship um, needs to continue on in an abusive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously get authorities involved and get to a place of safety. Talk to you. You need to talk to totally. Um, you know what I mean? But, but I think when we are talking about these little things that in the early years can seem like big things, like, they just pile up man. because like, Oh my goodness, they, they don't pick up their socks, or I guess for like, the rest of our marriage, I, you know? or even, <laughs> like, even like differences in how you handle money or yeah. how you handle stress or how you political want to rest. Dun, like, dun, dun. so those are all, those are ginormous things. They're not yeah. just socks. Those are huge things that can create trouble. That is very true. But those aren't, according to the Bible, those actually aren't areas that you would, that we would recommend separating about. Totally. You need to, there's, those are things that you can work through and yes, grow exactly. to find freedom from. So Exactly. Well, I think one of the things we were, because we were chatting about this the other night, one of the things that came up was sometimes um, it's very tempting to when you step into marriage to do things or model things the way that things were modeled for you within your family of origin so like my parents did it this way so this is the best way to do it and and i think what's really interesting again to lay a little bit of a uh, a foundation and a framework is that jesus when he was talking about when even right in genesis too like when he's at jesus is actually repeating what was said in genesis like um, that you know they will um, they will leave father and mother and they will cleave to to each other within marriage that husband and wife they'll leave their family of origin and they'll now become one together and so I, I wanted just to say this that like 
just because your family did things a certain way mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it that way, starting this new family, this new chapter, right. this new journey together. And so I think there's a lot um, that you need to we need to be able to hold on to with very open hands mm-hmm. um, and be willing to glean from from maybe what you've seen, the good that you've seen mm-hmm. uh, in your uh, your family of origins, your parents' marriage, or even other marriages. Like that's that's so great to be able to glean what's good. But you also need to to mm-hmm. start something new and to start something fresh and be like, you know, what do we really want to be about? What do we want to cultivate? What do we want to have a legacy in? And and even you know, sometimes it's even identifying the the deficits. Absolutely. Um, that like some areas of weaknesses that you saw very clearly, uh, whether it be in your 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 parents' marriage or other or marriages, grandparents, grandparents or parents, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I would just think for an example, like when there's been a history of divorce, mm-hmm. you know, in, in someone's um, you know, yeah, like you just in their gene, I don't want to say genealogy, is that the proper word? Yeah. I guess in their, their, yeah, in their heritage, I guess, mm-hmm. in their, in generations past for them, um, you know, those are things that are going to be weighing heavy. And so, like, right. those are things to be watching over, like, okay, this is kind of a continuing trend in my family. How mm-hmm. do they end up getting there? Right. And and you need to be watching over the inputs then. And I think that's what's so great about being able to start something new is you have so much say. That's right. Over um, over the type of marriage that you're going to have. And if you're not purposeful to to plug in those inputs and mm-hmm. to and to really um, really inject those things that you're really desiring to grow. Um, you'll just end up repeating what you've always had. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I wanted just to drop that out there. I don't know. What do you think, babe? Yeah, I think that we, it's interesting. The Bible talks about, and Christian doctrine would talk about how we have free will. And I, when I was younger, I always thought that was a very negative thing. I thought mm-hmm. that meant like, oh no, you have free will and you're going to choose bad. <laughs> but the re- but the cool thing is that God actually gives us the ability to have free will to choose good too. Mm. And I think in I I really would love to see just a awakening in people towards intentionality. Mm-hmm. Throwing off the the apathy or the I'll just do what everybody else is doing. Yes. But if you if you do what everyone else is doing, you're gonna get what everyone else has gotten. Totally. So you actually do need to say, like Brian, what you were saying of like, what do we want our values to be? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a such an ongoing process. You, you know, yeah. you and I, we we make changes and then we adapt, and then the next year we adapt again. You know, based on our family's needs or uh, or what we are like. This is not working anymore. So you, it's an ongoing process. But just to stay engaged and to recognize that what you what you invest, what you input, is what you are going to get out. Totally. And yeah. So family yeah. of origin, be careful that you don't. This is what the mom. This is what the the women always did, or this is what the men always did. Right. Either, you know, me as a woman to not just assume either like to not be reactionary right. to what the women always did or assume that you're going to be like all the men were or something. Yeah, exactly. But to let us. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that even plays into like expectations that you can end up putting on somebody that like, oh, yeah. my dad always did this. And it's mm-hmm. just like, well, you know, some young ladies looking at her husband like, 
what the heck? He doesn't do that. Like, sure. You know, how come my dad did that? And now he's like, wow, like there's just huge levels of disappointment. And, right. and, and I think like we can get into talking about like clearly communicating expectations and, right. and how I think our journey um, mm-hmm. with that um, has developed. But um, I think what I, what I was going to say as well is like, I've just, I've just seen, I've seen it several times where, um, a young lady is talking about her husband publicly mm. in a very um, disrespectful way, or just kind of like an undercutting way. Sure. And it's just like, man, where did she where did she learn that? You know what I wow. mean? Like, yeah. and then end up meeting her parents, and you go, oh, that's where it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you've you've got to be so so careful that you don't let yeah your past experiences drip into your future. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've got You've got to be able to identify those things, those unhealthy things, and be like, hmm, you know, we're not going to let that grow. Right. Um, Because, yeah. And it takes, I think, you know, if we're talking specifically about the early years of marriage, it takes so much humility and tenacity. Yeah. Because you, like, I think of even you saying that, I mean, I don't think it's because I saw my mom doing it, but I remember having to humble myself and repent to you multiple times about like, I'm sorry, I teased you about that in public, you know, mm-hmm. and you, fortunately, you wouldn't just shrug it off and be like, oh, it's okay. You were like, I forgive you. Or like, yeah, that really hurt. Or Mimi, at times you probably even confronted me on it. And it's like, oh, what does it have to be? A, why does it have to be a big deal? Or, you know, but no, it, if it hurts you, then it's a big deal and yeah, I can change. Right. Um, the same with, we had to, uh, we had to cut sarcasm out. Do you remember when we had that discussion? I don't know if that was a year or two into our marriage we just started realizing like oh too far you know especially if you've had a long day like seriously it's like we're trying to be vulnerable with each other and then if we don't know if someone's going to be sarcastic back that's just scary so anyway you might so there's huge areas of communication you might have to make adjustments in we had to so oh man I could I could always remember too like when I had totally crossed the line because we'd be like bantering back and forth and then I just I would take like half a step over the line and I could just see it on your face. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that one's So we're going to talk about that later. (laughs) Or maybe we're not going to talk about that later. Right. (laughs) We're going to talk about that a week from now. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So we're going to get into that and kind of how we overcame our... Slowness. um, Slowness to confrontation. Yeah. Honestly, folks, just, just a little teaser or like spoiler alert. Like it is so much better just to deal with confrontation right away and in a proper place and time. But don't let it drag on. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Yeah. So we were going to talk about expectations, too. And I, I had made the statement, um, you know, the hardest expectations to meet are the ones that are not communicated. Seriously. Um, and so, like, where do you see in our in our journey that it was, like, really difficult? Like, hmm. or or maybe there were those expectations that you have of me that, like, you didn't realize were uncommunicated or. Hmm. Yeah, I think I didn't I didn't really know how to ask for what I wanted. Right. I think that I felt like it was selfish mm. because I thought that uh I don't know, just I should be able to either make it happen for myself or you should I mean, it's such a lame joke, but like, oh, if you don't know what I'm thinking, I'm not going to tell you. Right. It's like, yeah, that is kind of lame. It's like, but that's what women do. It's like, if you knew me, if you loved me, you would read my mind. 
but I, that's just not fair. And when there's all these other elements to your life, you know, like we got married and then we had children in the mix right away. Right. Like we had twins yeah. by three months in found out we were pregnant. Yeah. And yeah. then it was twins. And so we had two babies a week before our first anniversary. So we were, it was all thrown in. So there's all these expectations and or pressures and everything. And so, yeah, it can just get really real pretty quick. And so then you don't know how to ask for help when the other person you might think, oh, they might have, what if they have needs and I'm yeah. not meeting their needs. And so that took me a while to learn how to do that. Yeah, totally. I, I could, I could probably relate in a similar way that like it was, it was really hard for us. Like I would just say in the same way, like for, for what you just said for me, like mm-hmm. for me to communicate what I wanted yeah, would just automatically be selfish. Right. And which is like sometimes in life you learn one lesson of self like this for this matter, like self-sacrifice and servanthood and, and all these things and laying down your life for, mm-hmm. you know, like that's something I heard a lot, you know, growing up and stuff is that like, you know, um, to really love your wife, you got to lay down your life. You got to lay down your life for her and mm-hmm. and sacrifice and suffer, which is that's 100 percent true all day, every day. Like that's yeah. just part of the gig. Um, but then there's another thing of within honest communication to yeah. like, it's okay to communicate a desire or a need mm-hmm. or a want or, or to just really be able to communicate, um, what's really going on yeah. and, and how you can invite your spouse to into what's going on. Like that's, that's what intimacy is. It's like, Hey, here's what's really going on on the inside and this is what i need from you like i yeah i'm not going to put all this weight on you for for you to be my savior by any means but um i do want to invite you in to because we're 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 bound together we're we are one so like i don't want to i don't want to fight against that yeah and create a wall so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about what's really going on and communicate a need and invite you invite you into it right and i think and i don't know if this would be something that's common to men but I could imagine just from what I know. Um, but it, but I remember you would say often is just you felt like to expose your need to me was somehow making like somehow it was like you weren't strong enough. Then. Right. And so you felt like then I wouldn't be able to trust you with my weaknesses. Right. And I could imagine that there'd be other men who would feel that same way. Right. Like if I show my wife my weakness, maybe she won't trust me to protect her or to. Yeah you know, defend her or be there for her, Yeah. you know? And, uh, but I always found that when you were vulnerable and you would show me your weakness, all the more I trusted you because I knew what was going on inside right. of you. So, right. Yeah. I think that's, I wonder if that is just like a human condition thing that like mm. we, that's why we're so afraid to, you know, to be vulnerable and right. to, to not just with, within the marriage context, but we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of, uh, you know, I think I think maybe in the same way with what you're talking about, like, is I know for for most men, I guess not to make a huge generalization, but um, honor is just super important. You know, right. you want to be a man that's that's worth respecting and uh, you want to be a man that that people look up to. Right. Um, even if you're my height, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Self-deprecating humor. Bonnie always holds me accountable for it. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think sometimes we, we think, well, if I don't show the weakness, if I don't let the wall down, if I don't, um, 
take the hero cape off or, you know, yeah, even, yeah. even if it's rooted in pride, let's just be honest. You don't take it, you don't take it off. Right. Um, you know, then, then I'm not going to be rejected and then I'll have, I'll have the honor that I really want mm-hmm. and something that I'll have the honor that's really going to fill my heart. But I think in my experience, when like, just like you say, when I have done that, I've actually gotten the honor that's 10 times more pure because it's come out of a place of vulnerability and mm-hmm. it hasn't, it hasn't been out of a place of pride where I've had to puff myself up yeah. to get honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's because, you know, I've been willing to, to show that I'm real, show that I'm, I'm, I struggle from time to time. Mm-hmm. I have challenges and issues I'm walking through. And, right. but like you say, but, but that I've invited you into it. I've created a place of, of intimacy where you're looking into me, mm-hmm. uh, to see what's going on. So, yeah. Absolutely. Super cheesy. Intimacy. Intimacy. Intimacy is intimacy. Yeah. And then what about, I mean, thinking of expectations early years of marriage, I'm like, let's bring up the sex topic. How, you know, the expectations of frequency. Frequency. Yeah. (laughs) Expect I mean, and then there's the like, okay, communication about it. That's, that's a hard one to, you know. Well, I think, you know, there's a few different dynamics that play into that, um, you know, because everybody has a different past experience coming into marriage. Mm-hmm. And I go for for myself, like um, I lived, you know, pretty, pretty broken lifestyle. You know what I mean? Right. Like a lot of broken relationships and no real boundaries around, you know, sexuality. Um, very um, selfish in my mm-hmm. relationships with girls and stuff. And. Um, and so, so, and this is why we've kind of started the ministry, I guess, or started the union is because we want to bring a sense of beauty back towards sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, and have some answers for people who are single and wanting to live a, an abundant life in this area. Mm Um, you know, what I heard a lot is like, okay, sex before marriage is bad. But it eventually turns in, you hear that enough, it's like sex is bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like I had a lot of shame and a lot of uh, pain and past experiences that were kind of haunting me and always kind of, um, you know, dealing with a sense of guilt and 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 dirtiness, if you want to say that. Sure. Um, and then like just trying to, that that somehow if I could just like not think about it or... And this is your even saying this is what you were when you came yeah, to Christ, so this, you were training your mind. in. Yeah, that. like I was. Yeah, unfortunately, I was because like your meditation is mm-hmm. you're just your reoccurring thought. Totally. You know what I mean? And so like when the Bible talks about meditating on the word day and night, like it's an, this invitation to allow your mind to be renewed by the promises of God, the goodness of God, the character of who he is day and night. But like when you're thinking about a a inaccurate perspective towards sexuality again and again that like okay okay brian like sex before marriage is bad and then it's turning into sex is bad Mm -hmm. and i'm you know like it's it's this reality when you've opened up a door in your life it's um when you've opened up this door of sexuality in your life you're you actually desire it all the more Mm, yeah and so now i'm dealing with desires dealing with this this whole um realm that sex is bad and so I'm training myself just to not think about it. Right. As if that's going to, you know what I mean? Totally. Like any sort of sexual thought, shoot it down. Yeah. Instead of bringing it into a proper perspective. Yeah. Saying that this, this desire is good. 
Yeah. This 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 re- the sex is actually good. Sex in marriage is a beautiful thing. God doesn't hate male sexuality. God doesn't hate male sexuality. God doesn't hate female sexuality. He does, mm-hmm. he gave you a sex drive. Mm-hmm. Like let the mic drop on that one. God right. gave you a sex drive. But he also wants it to be held within its context. And so I could ex- I could have experience sooner mm-hmm. a level of peace within this area of my life and a level of, of purity and grace and and freedom in, in this area of my life if i had just been yeah that thought it's not wrong to have the thought mm-hmm. but we're not gonna we're not gonna awaken it before it's time we're not gonna allow it to come into my now when that's actually meant to be a future right, a future right. thing so i'm gonna put that in its proper place i'm gonna put that in its proper context and and experience the goodness of God in my season right now. So that all to say to talk about sexuality and and marriage. Mm-hmm. So now like I I come into marriage and I've trained myself to shoot down any sort of sexual thought as right. if that was purity, as if that was sexual purity. Right. But in those early years it was just like I was discovering mm-hmm. that while actually Everything that I had been using in my past as like a measuring um, or like a standard, you know what I mean, was actually tainted and was actually um, what I what I had now in marriage with you was actually so much more beautiful um, than I could have even imagined, you know, right. and, and I was just actually allowing myself to come to a place of peace in that. Wow. Yeah. And, and resting in that, that like, actually, this is this is a beautiful thing. Right. Um, so I say that for anybody because who's maybe, maybe you didn't come into marriage with like the spotless sexual history. Right. Um, and maybe you were coming into marriage with a lot of regret and pain and Mm -hmm. hurt and even maybe past sexual abuse. It's just like, I want you to know that like this, this is a beautiful thing Yeah. and this can be a beautiful thing. It's a promise of God in your life that this can be a beautiful thing. This is what redemption is about. This is about what restoration is about. This is how God Mm -hmm. makes all things new. And even the, the, the years and the experiences that the, um, that the enemy tried to ruin in your life or, uh, tried to destroy or used to destroy your life. God can restore. Yeah. And and if you're willing just to let the wall down and totally. and talk with somebody, talk with your spouse, and and unpack some of those things, man, I believe that God can uh, bring it back to a beautiful place again. Yeah. So yeah. So you, I mean, you were going through a lot. I didn't. I don't think I in those early years of marriage. I don't think I understood the depth of what was happening. Mm-hmm. I know that because of your hesitation to lean like because you were it's like you were working hard to not treat me like an object but sometimes that would mean you were withdrawing or you were reserved in that area and so i had to deal with this sense of like is he rejecting me or you know like it's fun it it impacts the other person and so i would encourage you know that maybe so my story was different than than yours so to be able to like really find your confidence in the Lord and to not feel like just because my spouse went through this hard thing and they're they're unpacking that and they're healing, it's not a re- sign of rejection of who you are. Totally. You know, and I think that was really, uh, the, I mean, you better believe there were some awkward yeah. conversations late at night trying to figure out what was going on inside oh, totally. of both of our minds. 
uh, but it's so worth it. And just yeah. a step at a time, you know. But again, I think that's where it's connected to with what we were just talking about with with needs and communicating yes. needs is like I had, I was thinking to communicate this need is selfish. Yeah. Bottom line. But even more so because the context and my lens that I was looking yeah. at sexuality from like sexuality was only selfish before in, yeah. before yeah you know what i mean so it was like extra extra selfish you know totally um so like i think that's why it was just such a uh, such a stumble stumbling block you know yeah and such a hurdle to get over but yeah thankful we've gotten over it you know totally baby I- number six on the way <laughs> <laughs> and that's even uh you know if i could make you know a recommendation something to encourage you is that in the middle of all the mess of the like you know the fights or the silence or the tension is just to be able to say to each other i don't know what to do but i am not quitting yeah and that's where the covenant piece comes in is to remind the other person like i don't know i don't know the solution but first of all we're going to ask god for wisdom yeah uh and second of all, I'm not quitting. I'm not going anywhere. And those totally. those pieces can bring you so much hope. And just step at a time, one day after another, and you find your way through some of those mazes. So, yeah. yeah. So as we shift here kind of to our last point, yeah. uh, I have a kind of a funny story. So okay. this is early in our marriage, and we were just going, yeah, it was just, it was just the, the newlywed communication problems. Oh, you know goodness. what I mean? Like yeah. it just felt like... I don't know, for all the new newlyweds out there, for those who have been married for a long time, you're listening to this, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's just kind of like static, you know, like in the radio, <laughs> like you're just trying to find the yeah. the right signal. You're trying to find your favorite station. Like, hey, remember how good it was? Like when we, you know, <laughs> <Good right? music. laughs> like five minutes ago, we could hear everything. And now it's like, not so much. Like you don't know if somebody's just hangry or what, you know, right? Totally. Which I'll, I'll own that one. Mm-hmm. Probably nine times out of ten, it was just because I was hangry. Right. Okay. We found that out. Totally. Okay. Um, but um, I remember talking to like a uh, um, a mentor um, friend of mine, um, and I was just like, "Oh man, it's just it's just it's just really hard right now." You know, there's just a lot of static, a lot of warfare. You know, a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of darkness. You know, <laughs> kind of right. trying to attack our marriage, and, and it's like we're trying to communicate and. Man, it's just really hard, man. It's just really hard. And he, like, full-on jokingly pretends to call to his wife. like, hey, did you hear? The newlyweds are having communication problems. Like, just totally (laughs) making fun of me. Like, totally just pointing out a fact that, like, hey, you guys are in the early stages of a new marriage. Like, hey, just just calm down, okay? Yeah. Don't throw this one on Satan quite yet. (laughs) You guys are just learning to be human in a close proximity uh, type relationship that really leaves you with nowhere to hide as it as it shouldn't leave you with anywhere to hide but right um but we want to talk about some practical tips for communication Mm -hmm. and um one of the things that i think we wish we started earlier Mm -hmm. was like a routine place and time each week to to sit down and just talk and right to sit down and maybe go like i think as our family grew and there was Mm -hmm. more responsibilities more things going on we wanted to talk about what was coming up in the week and what's coming up in the next month. And yes, but like it was a consistent place and time um, to talk about what was just what was going on. Yeah. What was going on in our mind. And um, yeah. And and it, 
it was a place, not a date night. It was a place to talk about the practical things. Yes. So that when you when we had a chance to go on a date, we weren't filling it with all the practical things, but That's we were right. just more then we were able to go to, to the deeper level. So totally. it was talking uh, expectations of schedule, uh, even like a check in on like what you're, you know, the pressures of projects or deadlines or for you like work schedule or just so you know, this is coming up with the kids. It's really on my mind that type of communication made such a huge difference totally. in our stress levels because then we weren't uh, playing catch up all week long. Right. And then we also were in a place of agreement. So if things had to change, it would be like a sense of, I know this is what we talked about, but oh, curveball, you know, but at least we had a, like a common ground to start on. Yeah, totally. So I would say, honestly, uh, that's an easy implementation. Yeah. Just, just do it if you don't already. Totally. Set it up. We did it Monday nights for the longest time. Monday yeah. night meeting. It was just blocked out on the calendar. Yeah. And then it became Tuesday, you know, as the kids were going, we'd take the kids to school to their yeah. uh, their day class or whatever. And we would have our Tuesday coffee. Tuesday morning meeting, coffee, yeah. You know? And and it's okay for things to be kind of fluid in that way that they yeah. they move. But like I think we heard a Craig Rochelle podcast where he was talking about um, scheduling your values. Yeah. And you have to put a time and place on on things because if if you don't tell your time what to do your time's going to go away yes and it's just going to wander off Mm -hmm. and um and i think like you want you want to put what's most important in its proper place and its proper priority so um whether that's a you know obviously we want to encourage date nights in all ways shapes and forms even if it's date days if you know you work (laughs) when somebody works the night shift or whatever you know date day just find a way uh, to connect um, that's maybe separate from the practical and separate from the, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to talk about the budget, um, you know, a place to just be like um, working on friendship, just enjoying each other's company mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe laughing together, maybe having to have a good cry together, totally. but making that space. So you're going to have two two spaces to talk. You're going to have your weekly meeting, but then also your weekly date night. And it doesn't have to be... Uh, <laughs> Bonnie's kind of looking at me like we need to get back on that I'm like I know I know like (laughs) Like weekly that would be wonderful yeah hey 2020 (laughs) yeah I know 2020 is kind of thrown off everything um just do your best how much how much sex sex should you have more more exactly how many dates should you go on yeah as many as you can (laughs) yeah as many as you feasibly can yeah but I think we've we've had times too where we had to be really creative with with our dates and Either financially or schedule. Our dates or, were like, hey, we're going to make hot chocolate or tea or coffee and go sit on the back deck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our date. It's a you win. know what I mean? And that's, but I think like you can, you can make it whatever you need to be. You don't have to be out at the fancy restaurant because like how many times have we gone out for dinner mm-hmm. thinking that that was going to solve the problem? <laughs> actually, <laughs> it was actually a pretty quiet dinner. You know I mean? Brian thought it was going to solve the problem. Yeah. Food was good, but yeah, conversation was lacking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just encourage you all with that. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing I would mention, maybe for, I don't know, maybe this would be specifically for females, but maybe not. Um, maybe men need to hear this too, is that sometimes as women, we can rush into communication. Uh, we can be like, we need to just talk about it right now. I'm Or like, I'm furious. We need to talk about it now. Or I'm whatever. Like, it's yeah. like this emotionally charged. We just need to talk about it right now. But I would just encourage you, honestly, before you talk to your spouse, yeah, talk to the Lord 
and like pray it through and make sure that you're going to come in. Even, I mean, I dealt a lot with difficulty in, um, like com- in communication itself. Like I was slow to communicate again, like what I needed, but even just what I was feeling, I couldn't find the words. And so I would just actually in the moment, just say, Holy spirit, what's a sentence I can say to help me overcome this right now. Right. You know, so sometimes when I'm, it feels like we need to have a conflict or there's something that we need to overcome, then I will set aside time beforehand, either journal or go for a walk and process and get down to the bottom of it rather than, uh, rather than needing Brian to do that for me. Totally. You know, so instead of him getting the whole mess, I can like get to the main point with him and, yeah, and I could say guys can probably hear that too. And yeah. Be like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Because I think some of that's just personality. Like, I right. know I'm like, well, let's talk it out right now. Let's mm-hmm. do it right now. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, because again, Bonnie is just like not wanting to say anything that she's going to regret, where I'm probably more like, I'll just say it and ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> you know, right? We. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great way to live your life. Um, no, I'm getting better. Yeah, honestly. totally. But, um, but I think I know my tendency is just like, oh, there's an issue. Let's deal with it right now. Instead of like saying, hey, maybe it is there is a better place in time and even put just some distance in between the emotions that you're feeling right now and the actual problem. Right. Um, because how you feel about the problem isn't necessarily how the problem is. You right. know what I mean? Um, and so if you can put some space in between that, um, then you can actually look at the problem with some some clear eyes and, and yeah. have maybe a better solution. So, yeah. We covered a wide spectrum tonight. Totally did. Covenant, family of origin, just because Sex. you started somewhere yeah. d- doesn't mean that that's where you're going to end up. No, exactly. Create a new reality. Communication, mm-hmm. you know, expectations, all that stuff. There's so many more things we could talk about, but yeah. that is, I think that's all for today. Yeah, totally. And I just want to encourage you all that the seeds that you sow today and the thing, the choices that you make and the watering of those seeds are going to grow into to whatever you're wanting. So the seeds that you're sowing today, make sure there's that's what you want to harvest five years from now. Because I will say our marriage has gotten amazingly better, substantially better, more totally. enjoyable, more fun. It's not free from challenge, but we laugh more, yes. we cry more yeah. <laughs> in good ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we get each other better. We get each other better and Man. we get through conflict faster way faster um yeah so so don't quit don't be discouraged by the intimidation of the early stages but know that um you you have a say over the type of marriage that you're gonna have and so choose the right seeds and water accordingly yeah (laughs) anyways thank you so much for joining us here on the union podcast Uh, we hope that that's been enjoyable for you and encouraging for you please leave a comment and uh, a recommendation and share with all your soon to be married or newly married or married friends. So all of the above. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for joining us. We love you so much and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at the Union Movement.